You're listening to the Hustlenomics Podcast, Episode 12. As many of you know, I started the Hustlenomics Podcast to help support, empower, and celebrate badass female entrepreneurs in creative industries. When I was introduced to DJ Adams Walker, I knew she'd be a perfect fit for the show. DJ is a boudoir and maternity photographer that specializes in amazingly beautiful and moving female empowerment sessions. In this episode, DJ and I talk all about the ins and outs of contracts, how empowering others is also empowering yourself, and of course, how she helps her clients embrace what they love about themselves and what they might be insecure about in front of the camera. Let's be honest, we all have insecurities and things about ourselves that we would rather not bear to the world, and especially not to a camera. However, DJ has created a space where you can come and celebrate your strengths, find power and grace in your insecurities, and just all around have an awesome time. I'm a huge fan of DJ's message and of her work, and trust me, this episode will leave you feeling energized and inspired. So let's jump in. You're listening to the Hustlenomics Podcast, a podcast all about inspiring female creative entrepreneurs, their stories, experiences, and life lessons. Hear from women across the U.S. working in creative industries who are breaking the rules and doing things their way. Learn from their challenges, struggles, failures, and successes, and get an inside look at their top tools and resources that help them along the way. Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning into the Hustlenomics podcast. I'm your host, Katie, and today I'm talking with DJ Adams Walker. She is a maternity and boudoir photographer who specializes in female empowerment photography. DJ, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. So would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and your business? Absolutely. I was born in Seattle, and um, after I graduated from high school, moved to Pensacola, Florida um, for college. And it was there that I fell in love with photography. Um, I had I did a minor in black and white film, and over the admitting five years <laughs> that it took me to graduate, um, I struggled a little bit with trying to find like what my you know specialty was, if you will. And then for my senior project, I did an entire um, installation called Black Is Beautiful where I just had a bunch of my friends um, model for me. And it kind of just sparked. It, it was amazing. Um, they didn't think that that was them and that, you know, they were amazed with how wonderful the pictures came out. So fast forwarding, moved to Atlanta, went to grad school, um, did corporate America for a while, fulfilled a dream for being a flight attendant, um, and then decided that my photography is where it's at. So um, I talked to my wife and she was like, if you have a plan, go for it. So um, I quit my full-time job a year ago and I've been doing my photography full-time and um, loving life. I call myself a female empowerment photographer because um, during grad school, I really got into feminism um, and centered a lot of my studies around um, feminism and women in male-dominated roles and things like that. Um, and I just think women are awesome. Like, we are amazing creatures, and we deserve to be celebrated. Um, and then just seeing us in different lights. So as you were saying, you know, boudoir um, and maternity, and then just everything female empowerment. So 
I from pole fitness photography um, to headshots to getting extremely sexy. Um, it's amazing to see how each person I photograph views themselves when their experience is complete. Um, it's actually quite refreshing. <laughs> Yeah, I bet. So we actually have similar backgrounds. So I did, you know, my college and then I went to grad school and then I worked in corporate America and then I decided photography is what I really want to do. So I would love to hear kind of your journey through deciding, hey, I'm working in corporate America, I've got a stable income, you know, all that benefits and then deciding, hey, I'm actually going to go out on my own and create my own business. Do you mind walking me through that? Absolutely. Well, to be completely honest, it was scary as hell. <laughs> Complete transparency. Um, and I honestly don't think I would have been able to do it if I didn't have um, my support system behind me. Um, but after grad school, um, I worked for about a year and then became a flight attendant because that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> um, I love to travel. And so did that. And then once I got engaged and started planning the next chapter, it was like, okay, Maybe, you know, being home only two nights a week won't work for me. Um, and so I decided to stop doing that and worked um, for, I worked for a nonprofit, actually. Um, and the nonprofit that I worked for is Professional Photographers of America, and um, also known as PPA. And I managed their online social network called The Loop. Um, and so... It took me three interviews <laughs> to get hired with PPA. I just love the organization. I love what they did for photographers. And um, being able to get in there, it was like, okay, finally, I'm here. I'm around creative people. You know, it's a casual environment. This is what I can do. And um, I loved my job. I absolutely did love my job. I loved my coworkers. Um, and it was nice because... I, my job was to make friends online. And so I literally sat and talked to professional photographers all day. And PPA represents 30,000 um, photographers and visual artists um, around the world. And um, they're fighting for, a lot of what they do is they fight for um, artists' rights. So they do a lot of lobbying and work over up on Capitol Hill um, letting, you know, people know that photographers are here, we have our rights. And just to kind of give you an example, um, some of the work they do on Capitol Hill is pushing small claims to where, say, if someone were to pick one of your images up on Google, off of Google and drop it onto the front of a magazine, um, where laws stand right now, if you were to go after that big name company, you'd have to spend millions and millions and millions of dollars on these lawyers. Mm -hmm. Reality is, as an entrepreneur, we don't have millions and millions and millions of dollars. Um, so making things right <laughs> one day, one day, uh, <laughs> but making things more accessible um, to photographers and to um, visual artists as a whole. And so being there, it just kind of intensified. I did my freelance on the side um, and loved every minute of it. I loved what I was learning from those photographers and from being with PPA. Um, and then I, my wife and I had our wedding ceremony in May of last year and we went to Puerto Rico and it was amazing. And then I came back and went into my office and I was just like, 
you know, I don't think this is it anymore. Um, and really had to do some soul searching and being that, you know, having that stable income and having health insurance and, you know, the things that we take <laughs> for granted every day. Um, and that, you know, that nine to five atmosphere. And I just, after about a week or so, um, my wife, her name is Dorian. She says to me, she's like, you know, what's going on? And I just, I just kind of opened up and I am a complete, like I wear my emotions on my sleeve. So I'm crying and it's the ugly cry. And I'm telling her like, I love my job, but I don't think this is for me anymore. And so she said, okay, in a perfect world, what would you do? And I said, I will, I would empower women. And she was like, okay, so how can we make that happen? Um, Because reality is you got bills to pay. (laughs) You've got your car note (laughs) Um, and you've got, you know, got to contribute to the house. So we came to the agreement that if I could continue to manage my portion of our household, um, then I could leave PPA and do my photography full time. And luckily I had um, an amazing team. And so everybody at PPA was completely understanding and wished me so much luck. Um, and it's nice because now I have friends there. I go back and visit. Um, but it was, it was extremely, it was extremely scary. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know what I was doing. All I knew is that I'm a photographer, I'm a creative person and sitting in a cubicle or an office is a death trap for me. So I agree on that one for sure. Yeah. (laughs) So like when you were in those stages of looking at your life and saying, I cannot literally sit behind this desk for one more day. What were the steps that you took to taking this to be a legitimate business to getting clients? What was that process for saying, okay, this is actually going to be a legitimate business from now on? The first thing that I did was I had to take the time to learn my craft, right? Um, And being that in undergrad, I studied film photography. Um, So, you know, developing my own film and going into the dark room and spending countless hours to get that one perfect print. Um, Going digital while all the camera settings are, you know, the same. It's just I can click a delete button. (laughs) So, um, but... I think that the first thing the first thing I had to do was I did a model call. And I was just like, you know what? If this is something that I'm going to do, I need people who will let me capture them and they won't get mad if it's not beautiful, right? If it's not <laughs> if it's not um everything they hope a photo session would be. I'm a complete rookie. So let me figure this out. So I just did model call after model call and just had people sign model releases. One of the things that I learned at PPA, always have people sign a contract. Um, and um, I just shot everywhere from being in the city to literally like my bedroom was my boudoir station. So <laughs> getting my wife up at ungodly hours on a Saturday morning and kicking her out of our bed and saying, I need the room. You have to go somewhere. Um, and so, and just networking, honestly, finding different people in different Facebook groups, um, that would want to work with me. I found makeup artists that, um, are absolutely phenomenal, other photographers, models, and, and, and that sort of thing. And then just really dove into that and took, 
I took a step back um, to relearn the camera, right? Um, and realizing that my camera is an extension of my hand. It's not an object in my hand. Um, and that was probably the most powerful thing that I read on some blog somewhere. Um, and I wish I could give credit to who wrote it, but I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> um, but just, and, and my friends, my friends, they were completely game to literally shed their clothing um, and bear all of their insecurities. Um, but one of the greatest things that I actually did was I put myself in front of the camera and I had a colleague of mine do a boudoir shoot for me. Um, and realizing how nerve wracking it is. I mean, you're in your underwear or less, um, and somebody's snatching, you know, snapping pictures of you. It's, it's, um, it's awkward. And, but I wanted to see what that was like, because then I could take that experience to my clients. Um, and now honestly, it's, it's really just a word of mouth sort of thing. Um, I do some advertising, some promoting, um, got a couple of events going on this summer. Um, but a lot of it is it, it, essentially, it's just, it's word of mouth. Um, and that's still proves to be like one of the greatest marketing tools. Did I answer your question? Yes, okay. you did. You absolutely did. <laughs> and actually something that you mentioned that I would love to come back to, it's something that I haven't talked with anybody yet about, but I feel like it's so important is contracts. And I know it's kind of like a boring subject, you know, but it's so important when it comes down to it because, a lot of the creative people I talk to, they're like, do I really need that? And I'm like, yes, you oh absolutely gosh, yes. I would love to hear your perspective on that, especially coming from, you know, a more corporate setting where contracts are, are you know, usually a little bit more commonplace yeah. and then moving to your own business. So I would love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, I think that um, – so – you learn from experiences and there's nothing like getting burnt, like burnt to a crisp because you were not covering your booty and making sure that like, like my mom says that all of your ducks were in a row. Um, and so I can't tell you how many situations or what have you that I've seen um, being on behind the keyboard at PPA from people who didn't have a correct clause in their contract or didn't have a contract signed or, you know, a model release signed um, and them dealing with that. But what I, I think what really got me pushed for contracts is that, so PPA has, they have a membership of course, right? And so are you familiar with PPA? I keep saying. Yeah, I've heard a little bit about okay. it, but not. Um, so they have an entire section on their website for um, contracts for photographers. And it, they're contracts that their lawyers have written um, and that their lawyers have reviewed and that you can literally go in and download it and tweak it to what you need to tweak it toward, like your, your actual business. Um and one of the hardest things being a creative person is legal jargon. Like, I, <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I absolutely hate it. Legal jargon and math are like my <laughs> two, oh gosh, my two points where I'm like, uh, I don't want to deal with it. Um, but they made it easy for me and they made it easy for their members. And so being that I was pushing that to, you know, members like, have you seen this contract? Or do you know about this clause? Or do you know about this law? 
it forced me to learn about it. And then also seeing, you know, from, oh goodness, wedding photographers not backing up their memory cards and losing an entire wedding. Um, oh, like makes my heart sink. <laughs> God. <laughs> or um, not having someone sign a model release and then, uh, you know, putting a photo that you've taken of them in an ad somewhere. Um, or on your social media, even when you're taking pictures of someone, you should have a clause in your contract saying, you know, the photographer reserves the right to use these photos for X, Y, and Z. Um, because then if they come back at you and they're like, you know, I didn't give you permission. It's like, oh yeah, you signed the contract. So you did. Um, it really just, it's, it's a CYA type of a situation. And, um, I can't stress the importance of it enough. I think that um, some of my other friends who are building their brands, even if it's, I, I love bartering. That's one thing that I will do all day long. I love bartering. Um, and But I even have a bartering contract that me and you are going to sign that says that I'm giving you this in exchange for that. Um, and it just, it just, it just covers all grounds. And even with people that you, that you know, you love and that you know, you can trust the worst thing that can happen is to be burnt by someone that you trust. And I speak on that from experience. Um, and in the line of work that I do, you know, I deal with women who don't have clothes on. So if I'm bringing other people in, I need to make sure that they know the sensitivity of this. Um, and it's not okay to, you know, post a picture of behind the scenes unless you have that person's permission. Um, and I think it goes a lot with boundaries and, you know, protecting my clients as well. Um, but I'm telling you, like, once you have a bad, a negative experience with someone that you thought that you could trust and that you know that you love, and then just kind of comes back to bite you in the butt, I'm telling you, you'll change the way you do business, <laughs> even family now. <laughs> And I always just tell people, like, do it, get your contract in place before you get burned. If you oh, can absolutely. Help it. Absolutely. But, you know, there's always that lesson. You know, you always learn a lesson like, oh, you know, it's cousin so-and-so. No, no, no. <laughs> and my family, yeah. um, I have a very large family. And they, even now, like my mom, um, I recently did a female empowerment session for my mom. Um, that was the most amazing thing in the world. And she... Um, went back home to Seattle and she's showing people her little sneak peeks and she's so excited. And my mom has, um, 16 brothers and sisters. Wow. And so, yeah. Wow. Right. So I have a very large family. And so, you know, they're saying, you know, Oh, when, when Deandra, which is my first name, when Deandra comes back, I want her to take pictures of me, yada, yada, yada. My mom was like, okay, well you need to know that she is going to have you sign a contract and she does require her full payment up front. And uh -huh. there's, <laughs> there's no, like, I don't care who you are. That's just, that's the way that it is. And that's just the way that it has to be. Um, because if not, like if I'm not, you know, holding the same standards across the board, then, um, it's unfair. It, it really is. Yeah. And I think that's a great point to make because a lot of us are so tempted to give discounts or, you know, whatever to friends and family. And it's just like, oh, okay, well, I'll just do this once. And then you realize, oh, no, I've had to do it for everybody else because they heard I did it that once. <laughs> so it's a black hole for sure. 
Um, but I'd love to talk a little bit about the niche that you kind of found that you do maternity and boudoir. I think that's a really, you know, unique niche and it's very interesting as well because I know as creatives, a lot of us have a hard time kind of narrowing down what we like mm-hmm. to do, especially if we're interested in a lot of different things. So how did you kind of, uh, narrow that down as well as set, like say no to the things that maybe would have brought money in, but you know, was not in your niche. If that makes yeah, sense. Um, I think it came down to what made me feel good behind the camera. Um, and what's not boring for me. Um, and so it's, it's, it's interesting because, um, I have a favorite photographer and her name is Kelly Ray. And, um, Kelly Ray has, done some the some of the most amazing things like she was based here in Atlanta now she's by coastal and she's doing she's doing great things um and i think that what she and with her wedding photography it's absolutely amazing and so when i um a couple of years ago when i really started getting into it i was like okay well you know weddings weddings make money right like that's where the <laughs> that's where the money is and and that really came after Kelly Ray sent me the invoice for our own my own wedding <laughs> and I was like you know what <laughs> that's where the money is and I love weddings don't get me wrong and I literally cry at every single wedding that I shoot um, but I realized that traditional weddings aren't really my thing. And so there, there literally has to be some sort of creative aspect. So when now when clients, um, potential clients email me and ask or, you know, drop an inquiry and ask um, about weddings, I often send them a questionnaire, you know, asking what your name is, your partner's name, et cetera, all the details, et cetera, et cetera. But at the very top of that questionnaire, I have a blurb that says, I am a creative person. If you are looking for a traditional photographer, I'm sorry, but that's not me. And talking to people, if you're down to play with smoke bombs, if you want to wear muddy boots with your wedding dress, if you want to jump in a river or a lake after your ceremony, like that's the type of work that I want to do because it's free um, and it's it's life, it's living. Um, but kind of circling back around to your question, I think that... Um, choosing boudoir and maternity and um, women as my main audience, I think that I chose that because every one of us, every woman is insecure about something. Um, And for me, it's the fact that, to be completely honest and again, transparent, I'm a black girl, but I have like minimal butt. And so that's always something. My booty is not juicy. It's not It's not a thing that I try to highlight at all. But knowing that about myself, I have fun with it. And I'm able to have fun with it. And so letting people know and showing them that just because you're insecure about this doesn't, um, doesn't mean you're not, you know, you're not beautiful. And so... It's making people feel good um, about their physical image um, and letting, like, showing them through my lens, if you will, that your beauty is so much deeper than um, 
your big forehead or, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's so much deeper and it's so much more intense than that. Um, and taking what we dislike about ourselves and flipping it like, huh, well, I guess it's really not all that bad. Um, because the fact of the matter is that unless we completely and, um, unless we completely love ourselves without boundaries, then no one else can love us because we don't know how to love ourselves. So, um, and that's, that's what made me choose. It's not, it's not as lucrative as it could be yet for me. Um, but it makes me feel good and it makes her feel good. And so the greatest thing that I, I can tell you is um, I've been doing this female empowerment thing for a while now. And so finally having the opportunity of um, taking photos for my mom. And it was actually her Mother's Day present. She came down uh, from Seattle and we did the whole shebang. I had my makeup artist come and my mom has this thing where she'll tell you she has an inner drag queen. So she was like, go crazy with my makeup. I love it. Let's go. So got her makeup done, and my mom, um, my mom was a full-figured woman, and my entire life she's just been completely beautiful. And again, she's my favorite person in the world, so I'm probably a little biased. But um, I was shooting her, had her music going, and her whole theme for 2018 is I'm gonna live my best life. And so I'm taking her picture, and at first she's a little nervous and she's a little shy. And then I just crank the music up and I get a couple of her theme songs going and she's having an amazing time. And then there's a, there's a mirror um, that I often, I love reflection shots. And so there's a mirror and I'm shooting. Um, I'm like, okay, you know, look at me through the mirror, blah, 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 giving her direction. And then she looks at me and she says, um, oh God, I'm getting teared up, teary up. Okay. Uh, she says to me, she goes, Buggy, I've never been this beautiful. Right? Aww. And I'm like, this is my mom. <laughs> and so, and I just, I, I kind of just like dropped my camera from in front of my face. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you've always been this beautiful. She was like, no. I was like, well, finally you get to see how I see you. Um, and so she was super nervous about the pictures. And then once I showed her her sneak peeks, she could not stop looking at them. And she was just like, I love my pictures. I love my pictures. I felt so beautiful. And so now like she's gone back to Seattle and we, we talk every day. And so she has like a different like swag in her step now. And the way that she, you know, talks about wanting to start dating again and, um, you know, just living the best life that she can like that. And I, and I told her, I was like, mommy, that's why I do what I do. Um, because afterward, that's how you should feel. And that's how you should feel every day. You should feel like a magical freaking unicorn and that you can conquer anything in the world. So, Gosh, that is like so incredible. That just makes my heart sing. I love hearing stories like that. And I mean, that's one reason that I was drawn to photography too, because a lot of people just cannot step out of, you know, their vision of themselves and see it from somebody else's perspective. But when you can show that to somebody, that's like a true gift right. for sure. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. I want to take a short break from the show to invite you to continue the conversation by joining our Facebook group, the Hustlenomics Mastermind. 
This is a dedicated place to chat with guests that were featured on the podcast, ask questions, cheer each other on, and of course, make friends. I wanted to create this group so we can have a dedicated community where we can support each other and feel just a little less alone in our journey. To join the group, just go to the Hustlenomics Podcast Facebook page and click Visit Group. Everyone is welcome. Also, if you're enjoying the show so far, would you please consider leaving a review on iTunes? It helps me bring on more of the kinds of guests that you guys want to hear from. All right, back to the show. Kind of going off that, um, client experience is something that I feel like is so important in photography and, you know, plenty of other businesses as well. But especially for what you do, boudoir and maternity, it's a very, you know, vulnerable, intimate setting. Um, how do you craft your client experience from like when you book a client to when you deliver their photos and if you follow up with them after that? Can you walk me through kind of how you create that to help them trust you as somebody that you that they know will like take care of them and with through like throughout the whole process? Absolutely. Um, getting to know my clients is probably one of it's it's one of my favorite things, honestly. Um, because it's a new person, they're, you know, coming to you for the first time. And literally, everyone is always nervous. <laughs> That's probably the, um, the biggest comment I get. I'm, you know, I'm nervous, I'm nervous, I'm nervous. Okay, that's fine. Um, but what I like to do is I love to ask them questions like, um, give me three words for, you know, how you want your session to go or like a theme or um, describe your session in three words um, or describe yourself in three words. That way I can kind of get a feel of what they're doing, you know, who they are. So from the time they email me um, to ask about, you know, availability, pricing, et cetera, um, we go through, okay, you know, give me those, give me three words, what describes you or how you want your session to go. And then from there, I kind of, it, kind of lets me see, okay, are they going for, you know, are they just going to be, want to be sexy or do they want to be, um, very classic and casual. And so, um, I love, um, for them to send me pictures like screenshot for me, screenshot it and screenshot some things that you like, some poses that you like. And, um, let me know, you know, let me know kind of the, the vibe that you're going for that way, especially since we are a community of being behind our phones and our, and our laptops and everything, um, meeting face to face doesn't really happen as often as I like for it to. Um, but we can still communicate that, you know, over email. So talking to them about, um, you know, seeing what their vibe is like, you know, if they send me a lot of black and white photos, I understand they want to go more classic. If they send me a lot of images that are more body shots and less face, it kind of lets me know, you know, the the vibe that they're going for. So we go from there. And then scheduling is always the most complicated part, because especially if they want um, makeup done. So we find a time that works. Um, And then um, from there, we we set a time and a lot of what I do is I don't do too much studio shooting. Um, I started shooting out of my home and that's what I continue to do. I still shoot out of my home. Um, I think that it means something when I bring them in. Um, a lot of times, you know, we'll have mimosas, um, I'll have coffee, tea, any, whatever they want. 
Um, and then they spend the first hour with my makeup artist. Um, and in that first hour, you know, alcohol is absolutely liquid courage. <laughs> and um, so I never let her cup her glass be dry. Her glass is never dry. Um, and then for my maternity clients, um, it's their drink of choice. You know, do you want some sparkling apple cider? Make you feel real fancy. Um, and then it, it kind of acts, be, spending the time with Ashley, um, who is the makeup artist that I've, I've had the privilege, privilege of working with for a few months now. Ashley has like this crazy infectious laugh and she's like a complete beam of light. And so the time that they're spending together, our client is loosening up and she's dropping her nerves and she's getting to know Ashley. And then I'll go in there and sit down, you know, we'll converse for a little bit. Um, and I literally just tell my clients to bring, bring a suitcase full of stuff and we'll pick what we want, you know, what you want to wear and how you're feeling from there. Um, and I also, I, oh, one of the biggest things is about usually about around the time their final payment is due. I always send a PDF of how to prepare for your session because there's so many questions that um, we get. I get all the time about, you know, what should I buy? What should I bring? <clears throat> Excuse me. And the list just goes through everything. You know, it goes from bringing things that represent you and your partner um, from a uniform top, a hat, whatever it could be. Bring that um, because chances are, you're taking these sexy pictures, your partner's going to want to see them. Um, and if you have something that represents them, it makes it just a little, a tad bit more fun. Um, and then, you know, goes over making sure you stay hydrated and, um, you know, when to shave or when to wax or, you know, if, if you're into that type of thing and if you're not cool beans, let's go. Um, and so, you know, and back to, they come here and, Oftentimes, my wife is sitting downstairs on the sofa, and I'll introduce her, and everybody will wave and say, hey. <laughs> and uh, we go upstairs, and we just we just have fun. Um, and then throughout the shoot, one of the, the greatest things, I always start by having her sit directly in the middle of the bed and um, running some light testing, getting my camera settings where they need to be, and then um, telling her, you know, if at any point you feel uncomfortable, let me know. Um, and a lot of it too was just sensing, right? So sensing that she's uncomfortable or, um, that this just may not be the pose or may not be the outfit for her. Um, I like to ask, there's, there's nothing wrong with asking, are you okay? And a lot of times, you know, they'll be honest and they'll tell me, you know, yes, they are. No, they're not. Um, and then I always have liquor on hand. And honestly, that may sound super crazy, but I always have liquor and a shot glass. All right. Do you need a shot? Okay. <laughs> I love Here we go. May, let's make it happen. Um, because, and, and sometimes that's, that's what they need. And they don't, a lot of my clients don't, me being their photographer is a plus, but I mean, I'm just an all-around cool chick. And I mean, if we can develop some sort of friendship, um, then that's cool too. I'm always going to hug you. <laughs> I'm always going to hug you. And you're just going to know that you're welcome. You're welcome into my space. Um, 
I always burn sage during my sessions. So it's just it's just bringing it and, and just bringing them into my home and making them feel at home. Um, and then I just get them laughing. If I can crack some jokes and make a fool out of myself and it gets you laughing, that's literally when the best shots really? happen. <laughs> are those laughter um photos but i always have the biggest the greatest thing is just having them bring in a little bit of themselves um from i've had i had a client bring in a guitar her husband played the guitar so she brought in a guitar and we had so much fun with that um of course military and police uniforms um well that's awesome so one thing that you mentioned that i love is that you like from the very beginning you kind of let your clients know, hey, this is who I am. This is my personality. I'm not like, you're not sending overly formal interviews that when they meet you, they're like, that doesn't sound like you, <laughs> like it, your email, you know? So it's like you're letting them know your personality from the beginning and that you also prepare them because I think that's super important for any business. Um, if you're working with somebody and you feel like they're keeping you in the dark until you have to pay them, it's just like yeah. what was what was even happening. So I love that you take those steps. And I think that's really important for people who are first starting out who are trying to craft a really tailored client experience. Those are two things that are so, so important. Yeah. I, I could not agree with you anymore. I think that, um, so a fun fact, I curse like a sailor. Um, and I'm trying so hard to keep, <laughs> keep, my, <laughs> to, to keep my mouth under control. Um, but it's it during sessions that's just what happens and then when something is going really great during a session like i scream and it's it's the funniest thing ever because it can be kind of frightening but i try to give a heads up like hey <laughs> i get really excited and my emotions just blurt out and it could be just a yes to you gotta work and it's just <laughs> it's a whole thing but i think that i'm a very I'm a very colorful person um, and extremely animated, but I I don't hold I don't hold that back. And so one of my um, one of my client sister friend situations um, is she said to me uh, she actually took me to Cuba um, with her and her fiance, and I did a travel diary experience there with them, um, which is one of my new things. And so um, and she said to me that she knows when she's doing something right, because I scream. She was like, if I'm, if I'm quiet, then I'm not feeling it. But <laughs> if I'm vocal, then she knows she's doing it right. Um, so that was probably one of the most ex amazing experiences that I've had. I've had. Well, that sounds incredible. <laughs> I mean, like doing the whole travel thing and like taking photos of people while they're on vacations. I love that. Um, yeah. But the whole idea of like attracting and repelling, I mean, that's, I feel like one of the best ways to, to get your ideal clients, because if you put yourself out there hundred percent, you know, there are some people who will be like, yes, that's me. I'm down. Let's go. And there are some people who will be like, oh, maybe not so much, but everybody who's kind right. of doing that lukewarm feel of like, I'm going to try to attract everybody is never going to be able to work with their mm -hmm. ideal clients. So I think that's a great lesson to just say, just like put your ideal client in your mind and then talk to them. Because they'll find you. And the people who yeah. are not right for you, they'll, they'll move on. But that's okay, too. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what's a, a typical day look like in your business? Oh, man. Um, let's see. I still wake up early in the morning. Um, 
mainly because I have dogs and (laughs) my wife leaves before I do. So I have the chore of walking the dogs. Um, But wake up in the morning and I just have my agenda for the day. A lot of times it can be from, you know, running errands for work purposes or running errands for myself Um, and definitely bringing forth, um, kind of just merging the two together. So I try to book as many clients as possible on weekdays um, because weekends are always, always <laughs> packed and full and hard to come by. Um, and so usually I'd say during the week, a good week, I'll probably have four to six sessions throughout the weekdays. Um, and then between that, it's I've had to become a master at um, time management <laughs> because mm-hmm. I could easily sit on my sofa and binge watch <laughs> whatever show on Netflix I want. <laughs> um, but finding that, okay, I have a planner and my planner breaks down every hour of my day and what I should be doing. Um, and being that I am home um, more than Dorian is now, you know, there, there's house things that I have to do too. So on top of working for what, um, how many hours a week? Do, I don't even, I can't even, it's definitely not 40. I can't even tell you how many hours a week I put in um, to this. But, um, you know, just I wake up, first thing, boom, turn on the Keurig, walk the dogs. And then from there, it's drink your coffee and eat your hard-boiled eggs <laughs> and check your email. That's that's always – email and social media are the first things I do in the morning. Um, why? Because those are the first things um, that people do when they wake up is they hop on social media. So it's imperative to post a good morning post or whatever, um, making sure I'm interacting with people but not staying too tied up in it. And then a lot of times it's um, admin work, responding to emails, booking clients, um, yeah, ordering things off of Amazon because I can, I never, there's literally probably not a day I don't order something off from candles to incense to whatever. It's, there's always an Amazon package at my door. Um, and I always find time for me though, like throughout my day. I always take between, it could be quick 15 minutes or it can be a couple of hours, but there's always time throughout my day where I just spend in quiet and I meditate. Sometimes if it's longer, um, then I might do some yoga or something, but I, I spend, I make sure that I take time to appreciate me um, because I will run my body until it just can't move anymore. But I have to take those, those little those little moments of appreciation. So, um, and then about 6.15, I get a text from my wife that asks me what we're having for dinner. <laughs> and then that's, that's usually it. But by the time Dorian gets home from work, I try to be done working for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can help it. If I'm on a tight timeline, then I let her know, hey, 
this is going on. Um, I just need you to be patient with me. But um, for the most part, by the time she gets home, I'm done working for the day. And throughout the weekend, we always have time that we spend together. It could be probably usually, it's usually Saturdays for a few hours. Um, But because Sundays, it's like football, everything. But now, right now, since football season isn't really a thing, um, we just, I make sure that I carve time out for her. Um, and that's pretty much it. A lot of editing happens (laughs) throughout my day and I love having background noise on. So from Spotify to something on TV, I told you I was watching RuPaul's Drag Race earlier, uh, before our conversation started. Um, and that's just primarily just as background noise. So yeah. Well, that's super interesting that you mentioned that you take time to like really focus on yourself because self-care is something that I feel like as entrepreneurs, especially as female entrepreneurs, we really don't pay attention to as much um, because we tend to have other obligations, whether it's you're in a relationship or you have a family or, you know, whatever it is. But I think it's, it's so important to do. And I'd love how, I would love to see your perspective on how people can shift their mindset to actually make self-care a priority within their day. If right now they're just running themselves ragged, how do they um, shift their mindset to make sure that they're putting themselves first or at least for a couple hours? Yeah. Um, Self-care is, oh my gosh, I can't, I have, okay. So history about me, I have tendency to take on so many projects um, and so many different little tasks and think that I can be superwoman and just do it all. Um, but when I was when I was in college, um, grad school more specifically, I was working full time, so forty hours a week, and then I was also full time grad student. Um, and if that was not the most <laughs> complicated thing ever, and then trying to find time to be in my twenties and to live life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my mom said would say to me how's your candle? And what she means is, am I burning my candle at both ends? And so it's kind of a self check, you know, she would, and it could just be a simple text message and she would just say, how's your candle? Um, and it just kind of reminds me like, oh, okay, how am I doing? You know, am I, cause you, if you light a candle literally at both ends, it's going to burn until it can't burn anymore. And then what do you do? You have no more candle. So, um, so when I learned that self-care was important is that is when I went through a terrible, terrible state of depression and feeling as if I wasn't adequate and that I wasn't doing enough for people around me um, and doing enough for myself and my business um, and not being true to me. And so very very dark time, I guess I could say, um, to be completely honest. And I'm so thankful that I'm not there anymore, but I had to realize that, okay, yes, you are a goddess, but no, (laughs) you do not have more time in your day than other people do. Um, and so learning to appreciate myself. And I, and I think that was part of my lesson in self-love. Um, was just making sure I just take that time. And if I'm becoming overwhelmed and my anxiety picks up and, 
you know, my heart starts racing, then, you know, taking a step back and, okay, what's going on? And just doing a self-check and just asking myself, how's your candle? Um, and if you're, because the reality of it is, is that we can never give more than one thing, a hundred percent of our energy. It just, it doesn't happen. You have a hundred percent and then that divides down. Um, and the more that you add onto your plate, the more other things in your life begin to suffer. Um, and so making sure that my business stays on the forefront I have to self-check and just ask myself. And, and sometimes, and literally, it's as simple as closing my laptop and taking a nap. And as a 31-year-old female, I tell you what, I appreciate <laughs> the times that I can take naps. Um, <laughs> um, but for people who have a difficult time finding that balance, you... I think, okay, so my my therapist told me to make a list and make a list of the things that are mandatory that you have to do, every, you know, you have to do throughout your week and the things that necessarily are not mandatory and choosing between the two. Um, and mm -hmm. so, you know, we don't have a family yet, but I can't, you know, being, and I know people who do their photography full time and... They also have, you know, a family they have to take care of and just making sure you plan your time accordingly and give your energy to things that are important. And so um, at one point I was so much, there was so much work going on and I was like, yes, things are great. Everything's wonderful. And then my wife comes to me like, I miss you. What do you do? Okay. You cut back on the things that you can cut back on, which is what I did to devote more time and energy to my wife and our marriage. Um, so that meant that I had to step back with how many sessions I was booking every week and, you know, the time that I was spending on the computer and editing and making sure that I'm spending time with her. So now we have, and it's a simple conversation. We had, um, we had to talk and Finding, okay, how many nights a week <laughs> would it be okay for DJ to stay up until ungodly hours editing photos? Okay, so now, and that's and that's the, that's the plan that, that we have, you know, um, set in. And so it, and, and just communicating with, with her and with, you know, other people in my life, my friends and things like that, and just making sure that, okay, I'm not losing sight of my interpersonal relationships, um, trying to build my business because at the end of the day, those relationships are what I'm going to need to build my business. Absolutely. No, I mean, that is like such a profound statement that you just said. A lot of people are just like blowing by their relationships thinking, oh, I'll just catch up, you know, when I'm got my business going, but like, yeah. where are the people who are going to support you through the hard times through your business? So I think that is extremely important and yeah. a lot of time forgotten. So what is something that you're looking forward to in the next year? Any big goals or projects that you're working on? The next year, I am looking forward to building, continuing to empower um, women because that's, like I said, that's just gives me so much life. Um, but also to 
incorporate more of my LGBTQ family um, in that empowerment. And one of the things that I say is that I, I call myself a female empowerment photographer, um, but that is for anybody who identifies as a female. And for people who, and I say for all sisters, as in we're sisters and not just sisters, spelled with a C, C-I-S-T-E-R. Um, and so definitely putting more focus into that um, because I love my rainbow family. I think they were absolutely amazing. And then traveling more and doing more of my travel diary experiences. I think that combining my love for photography with my love for travel, which is the entire reason I became a flight attendant, um, outside of the red lipstick in the heels, uh, <laughs> I putting those two together. Um, and in the meantime, starting our family, that's, that's on our, on our to-do list within the next year. So, um, and just finding a happy balance and a calendar that can support everything <laughs> that I'll have going on. <laughs> that sounds awesome and all super exciting. And are there any resources out there like um, books or other podcasts or courses or anything you can think of that um, has really been helpful to you that you would recommend to someone? Oh my goodness, yes. My friend Katie gave me this book um, and it's an entrepreneur book and it's like the power of zigging when everyone else is zagging. Um, so amazing book. There's there's more to the title than that. I just can't think of it. So there's there's that book. Go to classes. Never stop learning like for whatever it is if you want to make things carve things out of wood like I don't care what you, like whatever brings you joy never stop learning about it um and I say that and for photographers I would encourage people to look into different associations whether it's PPA or WPPI um you know meetings and meetups within your your neighborhood or your your city or your state um, meet other photographers. And I cannot stress enough community over competition. Lord have mercy. We are not in competition with one another 100% of the time. And so there's literally no need to, to act that way. Um, when I first started shooting weddings, I had this great photographer. His name is Kaz. Um, and Kaz really just took me under his wing. And, you know, I shot some weddings with him as his second. And right now I'm his go-to second shooter. And I absolutely love it. I love his energy. I love what he has going on. Um, but it literally wasn't a competition thing for Kaz. It was, I had questions, I needed experience. And he said, okay, come on, let's go. Um, and so, but more so go to conventions, meet other photographers, learn things and go to conventions and like actually go to the classes um, and not just the photography related classes, right? Go to the business related classes. I went to the PPA conference as an attendee last year uh, for the first time and I had a focus. They had so many classes, you know, for bring your camera and we'll go on photo walks and we'll do all those things. Absolutely. By all means. However, my focus was on the business side of, of things. So I went to classes that dealt with money and that, you know, dealt with like business credit and, you know, how to run the back end of your business because that's something as a creative, we can take our camera and snap, snap, snap. But when it comes to paying your bills, that's the scary part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Do you know how to do that? Um, so, but it just 
never stop learning. If it's taking an online course or shadowing people, um, don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be afraid to be a student. My mom told me when I was talking about going to get my PhD that I was her career student. I didn't go get my PhD. I stopped on my master's degree, but I have to agree. I'm, I'm literally a forever learner. And I'm completely. Oh, yeah, I'm the same way. (laughs) I love that. And I'm so glad you mentioned that community over competition because, I mean, that's the whole idea behind this podcast, you know, like women supporting other women, entrepreneurs supporting other entrepreneurs, you know, lifting as we climb, as I like to say. Um, That's just like such an important thing to remember. Mm -hmm. If anybody asks you a question, just like have the grace to help them out if you can. (laughs) You know, that's always what I try to remind people. Or if you're the one asking the question, don't be afraid to ask because there's plenty of people out there who, who want to help you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I'm sure there's tons of people who are going to want to check out your, your photography and learn more about you. So can you tell the audience about how they can find you? Absolutely. I can be found at DJ Adams Photography um, on Instagram and on Facebook. And uh, um, djadamsphotography.com is my blog, um, as well as where my travel diary experiences live. And uh, um, flourishingcreatives.com is actually my business website. Um, So www.flourishingcreatives, with a V, dot com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I mean, you're just so inspiring and your message is so inspiring. And so thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Oh, thank you. This was great. This was so great. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Hi, guys. I hope you enjoyed my interview with the amazing DJ Adams Walker. And before I sign off, I just wanted to remind you guys, I do have minisodes available as well as the full-length interviews. And since DJ and I talked a little bit about self-care at the end of our conversation, I wanted to point you to my last minisode, minisode number four, where I give some simple and quick tips about how you can start implementing self-care into your routine as an entrepreneur. You can find the mini-sodes on my website, on iTunes, or Spotify. So guys, take a listen and let me know what you think. All right, I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Hustlenomics Podcast. Be sure to visit www.hustlenomicspodcast.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover bonus content. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to hear more, just head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. For questions about the podcast or if you want to apply to be a guest, use the contact form found on our website. Thank you for listening, and until next time, keep hustling.